Hi, my name is Vivian Aqua, and I am the Certified Diversity Executive, also known as uh, also known as the Inclusive Workplace Wellness Advocate, and I'm the host of Let's Humanize the Workplace, where we are having different conversations with different people about things that yeah, things that are valuable for humanizing the workplace. Since tomorrow is all about International Women's Day, or let's say the whole month March is International Women's Day, but I would rather have companies, organizations pay attention to um, pay attention to initiatives that advance women. Right, every month, every day, every week, every quarter, you choose whatever cycle you want to activate as long as you don't only use this month just for the DEI washing, because I do want to prevent that from happening. But since it is International Women's Month Day tomorrow as well, I just want to highlight something, highlight a positive future, because the the EBA, and that is the European Banking Authority, just released a report about gender diversity among the European banks in among the banks, the banking in Europe, right? And one of the positive things that I do want to highlight is the companies, the banks that have a better gender balance are getting a return on equity. So for the leaders, for the decision makers, for those who want, you know, the um, that whole business case. Google it, go to the European Banking Authority, and here is one of the reasons why diversity wins when you have, when you pay more attention to gender balance, I would say also pay more attention to the intersectionality as well, because there's so much more valuable, uh, valuable customers to win, valuable stakeholders to win when you pay attention to that. But then on the other hand, I also have to get real about the things that are happening, right? Because when you look at this chart, you notice that only 18% of all European banks are being led by a woman. And I'm not saying I, I'm not saying that it should be all women or it should be all men. I'm looking for a balance. I'm looking for making space for more women to lead companies. So Whilst companies or organizations are saying, yes, we value diversity, equity, and inclusion, this is one of the reasons why it is important to have the data, preferably the data that, you know, dives deeper, right? Because now that you you know that I'm a woman, or let me, let me help you, you know, help you understand, yes, I'm a woman, but I'm not only a woman, I'm a black woman, right? And that aspect is missing in a lot of European countries as well, because we don't know what kind of women are leading these companies. My assumption, though, is that the people that are leading these companies are predominantly from Caucasian, have a Caucasian background. Again, I'm not saying that this wrong, but I do want to put a question in your mind. Are you representing all people? Are you a reflection from the representation in your country, in the customers that you are serving, right? Because that is of value when you want to amplify diversity, equity, and inclusion. And another thing, uh, yes, I do have to highlight this. We need more salary transparency, pay transparency, because when companies want to do better, why not start with the pay? Why not open it up and say, we need to 
amplify their salaries, right? Because now about women are earning nine, almost nine and a half percent less than their male counterparts. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. But before I I, I, I dig deeper, um, I'm having I will be having this conversation on the 17th of March, so next week Friday, to dig more into this topic and why we need to amplify today. But today is all about standing out in the crowd and celebrating what makes you different. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna um, introduce my guest speakers. Let me find their bio as well. So David Wen is a L&D professional who is a strengths and EQ coach and is a part-time YouTuber with a mission to help people develop and grow their unique talents. And then we have Nicoletta Anton, who is a marketing strategist, X coach, X uni uh, lecturer. And Nicoletta helps people to have the career that they want using all three. And today is about, you know, celebrating what makes you different. So let's start, let's start with the first question, Nicoletta. Um, why is it important to humanize the workplace? Uh, well, first of all, Vivian, thanks for having me. <laughs> Hi. Hi to everybody. Um, thanks for being here. Um, yeah. With the question, why do we need to humanize the workplace? Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it is because at the end of the day, regardless of the profits, it's people who make a company. It's people who create those profits. And the more we invest in people and the more they feel at home, they feel seen, they feel they can contribute and actually contribute to the extent of their potential, then the better we all do. We hire people, we promote people. It really starts and ends with people. So mm -hmm. that's why the more focus we put on making sure that they feel comfortable where they're working, that they feel that they can contribute, that they have a certain degree of autonomy, that they see the value and meaning in what they do, um, the better off we all are. Yeah. Um, I also think that hiding part of you is really mentally taxing. Yeah. It's taxing also on your time, on your energy, and the more we're able to show up as ourselves, whatever that looks like for each of you, um, the easier it is to breathe and to work mm -hmm. and to live. And to me, at least, it's part of what humanizing means, that we feel comfortable, at least to a certain extent, or at least a little bit more every day to bring more of ourselves to work rather than just that professional face we put on. Yes, I love it. And I also love it that you brought up it's the people that make the organization, right? Sometimes I read articles and read studies and I'm just like, without the com without the people, these companies are nothing, right? But yet people are being treated like numbers. They are being dismissed. Um, there is this whole layoff um, example that are, are, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to name the companies, but there are some bad examples out there where people are being dismissed like they are nothing, not knowing that there is a whole village behind them. And the way, like Maya Angelou says, right, the way you treat people, that will always be remembered, no matter where you go, no matter where you are. And now we, we live in an age where Google knows a lot, right? Google knows everything. So the way you treat people will forever be recognized on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on other platforms, and we need to do better. So thank you for highlighting the essence of people and organizations not to forget the people. David, 
How about you? Well, Vivian and Nicoletta, I just want to highlight what you both just said about the importance of being our, ourselves mm-hmm. in the workplace. And um, so I, I work professionally in HR. Mm-hmm. And what I do a lot of is I talk to a lot of people in one-on-one sessions, and I'm a strengths coach, uh, a Gallup strengths coach. And so in the past few years, I've talked to over 100 people about their strengths, what makes them different. And a very common response I initially get is, oh, I, I wish I was more influential. I wish mm-hmm. I was more analytical. Oh, I wish I didn't think as much Um, And and I get it too, because I myself, I come from a finance background. And I remember asking my manager at that time when I was working in finance, what's my biggest strength? And he told me, your biggest strength is your ability to listen. Mm. And I just remember being so disappointed uh, because in finance, I thought we should be analytical, strategic, but he told me you're a great listener. And I was like, oh, I'm what can I do with listening? Um, but now I know, especially from research Gallup has done, is that when people are aware of what their strengths are, what makes them different, and they consciously use them in the workplace, that's when everything goes up from mm-hmm. productivity to engagement to happiness. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, but yet many of us, especially perhaps social conditioning, we try to be someone that we're not, mm-hmm. but it's so important for us to understand who we are and to own it as well. Um, so yeah, we're all very different, um, but it's really about how do we understand who we are and to own it as well. I yeah. love what you said, because it, it made me think of, um, it's a bad example, but, um, the actor from the Titanic, he was in, in a big movie where he played, I think he played the wolf or wolf on wolf street, right? I'm, I'm Leo. forgetting Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio. Leo where he mentioned something, if I can do it, you can do it, right? And I sleep is overrated, I can work hard and I can do this. And whilst you're saying that people are depriving themselves over their happiness, if you want to copy paste somebody else's behavior, then that means that you don't have the time to explore who you are, what, what are your superpowers and how you can amplify your superpowers in the workplace. And it's a waste because people should be hired for their unique skills, their unique talents and every, you know, every superpower that they have, but yet sometimes they copy themselves or they are unique. And then when they enter the company, they copy other people's behavior, which is a shame, which is definitely a shame. So thank you for sharing that. And coming back on today's topic, right, David, um, celebrating what makes you different, because when you look at yourself, you just mentioned your company, you have a financial background myself as well. So there's something, there's something happening in finance stream where people are not following that path, but that's a whole different topic. Um, what are you doing to stand out of, from the crowd? Yeah. Um, what am I doing to stand out from the crowd? So I've had a lot of gaps in my resume, also a lot of different experiences. Mm -hmm. And that came out of a need for me to, well, figure out what I really wanted to do in my life. So I experimented Mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I went from finance to, I thought I wanted to become a photographer. Then I thought I wanted to do marketing. So I did a digital marketing bootcamp. 
Uh, and then I stumbled upon something called UX, user experience. Mm -hmm. And eventually found my way to the Netherlands where I am currently doing learning and development. Um, but I found that a lot of that confusion of exper experimenting with this and this actually gives me an advantage because I, especially now working in HR, can understand and empathize with many different parts of the business, mm -hmm. whether it's finance or working with product engineering or working with marketing. I have this lens where I can actually understand where they're coming from, and that actually helps me do my job. I can understand the business as well and connect business and HR. So I do think what was once this big question mark, like, oh, what do I want to do in my life, actually is helping me tremendously in the workplace now. Um, so that's one thing. But but there's so many other things, but I will highlight you, that. You, you just hit a nail on so many things. I have so many questions, but I want to I wanna address something because like you, many other talented people have gaps or sometimes they have you know bigger breaks or they take a parent break right and the way that linkedin approaches that linkedin has a very smart tool where you can redefine your gaps and the way that david rebranded himself listen back please listen back because the way that david rebranded himself like i did this and i did that and i did this and i did that but i'm using all of what I've learned in, from the past, using it now to set myself, stand out from the crowd. Better yet, he used a word that I love, empathize with somebody else. Like, you know what it's, what it's like for financial people, like end of the month, don't call me, don't bother me, especially beginning <laughs> of the month, don't call me, don't bother me because I'm doing my, 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 my numbers. And then again, also so many other things, right? So, I would say see your gap as an adventure, as something that is valuable because yes, you took the time to learn and upskill. And that means also that you have um, a way to adapt. That's how I would see it, right? So don't see your gap as a disadvantage, see it as an advantage. That's how I would say. Yeah, thank mm. you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Nicoletta, what makes yeah. you stand out of the, from the crowd? Oh, to answer that question, I first want to really relate to what David said, because David, mm -hmm. I could see myself so much in what you said as well. Mm -hmm. And I had moments in my life where I thought I really want to change the direction of my career, but I felt completely stuck. Like mm -hmm. I didn't know how I could make such a jump. And what I can now see that I didn't see back then is that every single job that I did regardless of the field or what it focused on added to what I now know and yeah. what I can do so my message to all of you who feel maybe I want to try something else I don't know where I'm going to end up I don't even know what I want or I know what I want but I have no idea how I can get there you find out as you go like yeah. nothing is lost from what you do everything is an experience that adds it adds a certain skill set it maybe help you relate better to different roles that you're going to interact with in a future job, you never know. So just keep going and don't lose hope. <laughs> That's a big one. I wish someone would have told me that at some point, maybe like 10 years ago. Um, and I can give maybe a practical example. Like yeah. one of the, uh, the, the first jobs that I had was a, as a management assistant, which uh, I have so much respect 
for that role and what people in this role are able to do every single day. Um, it wasn't a role I necessarily saw myself in for the entire duration of my career. But now looking back, I learned so much from that role that I applied every single day as a marketer, as a manager, as, uh, as anything, as a teacher. Um, every single role, every single job you do comes with some skills and knowledge. So I completely agree. That also helps me, I guess, stand out from everybody else because my path is unique, just mm -hmm. as yours are. And every single experience adds up into a mix that is uniquely mine. And what I can say to that as well is I used to, I think maybe all of us to a certain degree have this fear, um, this need to fit in to, you know, there's a, we paint a picture of what success looks like and that's what we want to get, but then we don't stop and think that maybe we want it to look a little bit different yeah. or the things that we consider flaws because they're not the ideal as it's portrayed by someone else or society or someone else we admire. Maybe those are the things that are actually our strengths and that will help us be happy with what we do and who we are. And this is what I think, like when I first realized that and acknowledge it and accepted it, and what makes me me might actually be my strength rather than a disadvantage. True. Uh, and we all have that. Those things that oh, nobody can know about this. <laughs> it makes me, you know that uh, whole you know. that whole TikTok song about they're gonna know. Nobody knows. <laughs> they're gonna know. Yeah. And they'll definitely know when you when you when you embrace that thought the whole time in your in your mind, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that yeah. thing that makes you yeah. cringe about yourself, yeah. and you think it's a a huge flaw that you need to hide. Look at it a little bit, stay with it. Yeah. Maybe it's an advantage, really. Yeah. Uh, and I've discovered that for myself. And I use what I used to consider flaws as strong points. I find a way to use them. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really, for each of us, it will be different, but we all have it and we might as well use it. Definitely. And also while you were, were, were talking about all these different skills and everything that you did to upskill yourself, either to skill yourself vertically or horizontally, um, I'm not going to tell my age and maybe you know, but I'm not going to disclose it anyway. But um, 20 years ago, the way that, you know, information came to me, um, the internet was, uh, it, it was working, but it wasn't as fast as it is right now. So having that information also where Google was at, you know, 20 years ago was at a different stage. So the way that I upskilled myself is go to the library, read books, uh, read news articles, right. And consume things in a much slower pace. Now you have YouTube, you have Coursera, you have LinkedIn learning, you have so many other platforms that, offer free courses sometimes they offer um, um, a lower pricing for certification and also other platforms like youtube where you can learn for free and do some something else right take advantage of that because there are different ways for you to stand out of the crowd either you train that muscle that you are specialized in or you learn something new and let that be your specialization as well so um nicoletta you yeah. come from you no 
I need to ask this question in a different way. So I, I know this of you that a few years ago you were living somewhere else, or uh, I think 10 years ago you were living something else and you came to the Netherlands for a reason. Um, I remember studying, right? For studying? Yeah, I yeah. came to study, yeah. And But eventually you stayed in the Netherlands. So this question is for you. What was it for you to transition to the Netherlands? Right. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> it was a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, so I came at a moment in my life, early 20s, to study, right? Um, yeah. So that, that opened up a whole new world for me, where I got to discover the beautiful city of Amsterdam. And also what I remember distinctly from it is that I felt, I didn't feel like I went to a foreign land, mm-hmm. but I, I landed in a place where I could meet people from so many cultures and yeah. I could discover so much richness in, in, in the, the people that I met also at university. There were a lot of internationals, so it was really, really easy to find that and make connections. And we were all at the same stage of life. So we really, yeah. I have really good friends from that uh, that time, but it felt it gave me an opportunity to also find out who I am or who I want to be outside mm-hmm. the confines of a certain culture. You know, when you're when you grow up in in your culture and then you continue to to live there uh, and to work there, um, there's certain norms, uh, rules, spoken unspoken that you kind of have to adhere to. You know, yeah. what's polite, what's not, all of that. And then when you interact with people from many different cultures, you have to negotiate this. You have to discover how do I actually want to be? Mm-hmm. How do I actually want to work? Uh, we made those rules together. And I found that fascinating and liberating. It, it enabled me to figure out what I actually want and who I want to be and how I want to show up in my life, but also at work. And I think it's one of the greatest gifts of this world that allows us to travel and to live in different countries and to work with people from across the globe, because then we, we discover who we are. I think we work better. I think we can empathize. We can relate to other people better. We tap into the thoughts and richness of many, many different perspectives, which I think can help us come up with better solutions or Mm -hmm. solutions Mm -hmm. that cater to a larger group of people. So I only have good things to say about it, really. And I think it also also, Yeah, Also to tap in, I know the three of us, we are all coaches, right? And um, I'm I'm not, I don't want to take away the adventure of traveling or living abroad, but there are also other ways to explore or to Um, go on an exploration in who you are and what your qualities are right and that's where I do want to emphasize that we are all three coaches so if you have the means and if you don't if you have the means invest in a coach no matter what kind of coach you're looking for whether it's a career coach whether it's your branding or whether it's your strength coach find a coach that will support you but also can help you navigate during your career or personal situation and on the, on the other hand, um, something else that you uh, touched upon is um, a valuable thing when it comes to diversity is getting to know other people. Be open for them, right? 
this part in, is sometimes is missing in the workplace that we are not curious enough about other people and then we make assumptions about other people. So thank you for highlighting that, Nicoletta. And David, yeah. how is it for you transitioning to the Netherlands? Well, yeah, I could just repeat what Nicoletta said because mm -hmm. I can uh, relate to, well, one, the, the power of travel, of mm -hmm. being abroad to really discover who we are, to empathize. And for myself, I've always seen travel and uh, living abroad as probably the most powerful form of education for myself. Mm -hmm. Sure. And for myself, coming to the Netherlands was an extension of that philosophy. Mm -hmm. I never expected to come to the Netherlands, but by chance of, well, trying to figure out my life and what I wanted to do, I landed and I did a master's program in Maastricht. And that was a very diverse program with people from around um, the world. And it was also a cultural exchange. And I remember there was this one moment, um, there were two Dutch girls who invited me and this, uh, my Chinese uh, classmate over for dinner, and it was a cultural exchange. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, one girl and, you know, the, the sweetest girl, but she comes from a very small town. And she asked, um, well, a question about Chinese culture, um, is it true that, you know, people still eat dogs? Um, it was a very honest, uh, but mm -hmm. it comes from the most, um, you know, polite place. Mm -hmm. That was a very educational moment because we were able to let her know in the most friendly way. Um, and that also broke down a lot of biases and stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many examples that I've had, whether traveling or being here, where through this cultural exchange, we were able to learn something about someone else. And yeah. we, we talk about humanizing the workplace or society, it's through these exchanges that we can truly understand and empathize with someone else that can really break down biases and stereotypes. So for me, sure. it's been extremely transformative. Sure. And it, it makes me curious though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask something challenging. So what are, what is a, a bias that you, unconscious bias that you had about the Netherlands that wasn't true? Unconscious bias. Yeah. Hmm, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> well, I can start unless you have one, Nicoletta. Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm, I'm trying to think from when mm -hmm. I first came with some shocks. What I have a culture shock. I'm not sure if it's like... A... Yeah, that could also be, yeah. That popped up. I, I, I'll, I can share it if you want, yeah. but it was, it was one of the biggest shocks when I came here. Mm -hmm. So my culture that I come from, it's, it's indirect. Like yeah. you, you, don't, you don't think things, mm. you suggest them. And that yes. means I feel very strongly about it. Please do it, right? <laughs> but you never, yeah, you merely hint at things. Um, obviously, complete opposite to, to what happens in Dutch culture. Um, but what I was taught that is polite is to actually, yeah, if you're offered a drink or food or dessert or something, to decline a couple of times. And then the other person insists, then you decline again, and they insist again, and then you say yes, then it's polite to say yes. So I did that um, in, in a Dutch household. They were like, I don't know what it was, dessert, maybe I do want dessert. 
And I thought, no, thank you. And they thought like, oh, okay. And I thought, wait, wait a minute, where's my dessert? Why aren't they asking again? <laughs> What's happening here? And imagine, yeah. it's even more yeah. impolite to ask for dessert. So mm-hmm. I stayed without dessert. It was a very sad moment. And it, you might think it's trivial, but it really taught me something about assumptions yeah. and what, might, what one might consider polite might just yeah. be nonsense for another and how it's, even if it's painful, but especially when it comes to biases and when they're unconscious, and I don't think any of us truly want to hurt other people, True. but it, yeah. a lot of it just happens because we're not aware of it. And if we knew it, we would at least try to be better. Yeah. Yeah. But the way we can bring these things to the surface is if we actually start talking about these things. So just yeah. say, oh, wait, I'm really sorry, but I, where I come from, I, I say no first, yeah. but I really want dessert. Can I please yeah. have it? <laughs> Obviously, very uncomfortable thing to say. I didn't say it. I yeah. wouldn't blame anybody who wouldn't say it. But yeah. the only way for the other person to truly understand us and what we're thinking because people cannot read minds, yeah. is if we at least hint at it or say something. And it's such a difficult thing to do, especially... This is a, this is a very like valuable, conflict. valuable topic that you're bringing up because dessert is, is, is something that I'm not skipping on. And then again, also, there are some cultures out there that find it hard to say no, right? So again, it yeah. comes to a place where you have that conversation, you learn more about each other and learn more about the cultural differences and how we can embrace the different aspects of our culture so that we understand that as well. So yeah, thank you, Nicoletta. David? Yeah, I can also add upon that as well. Many things that I can relate with. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, first, I'll I'll throw out a a recommendation, a book recommendation, probably one Mm -hmm. of my favorite books is the culture map by Aaron Meyer. Mm, yeah. And yeah. it's really about it's re- really relevant for people working in a multicultural environment, people mm-hmm. when they travel, when they live abroad. And it talks exactly about um, Dutch directness. It talks about <laughs> cultures that are more direct and cultures that yeah. are more indirect. Mm-hmm. And again, it's more that understanding that we're all very different. It's not because someone is rude or whatever. It's just how the culture is like so that was actually my you could say unconscious bias Mm -hmm. because i did a lot of maybe it was more conscious but it was unconscious because i did a lot of research and before coming to this country Mm -hmm. i read a lot about how direct people were and how um rude people could be and i was reading reddit forums and you know blogs and youtube Perceived as rude, though. Perceived as Perceived rude. Perceived as rude because Perceived. to 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 bring in some of my Dutch directness, though, we like Dutch people like transparency. We like to make sure that the offer that we have on the table is visible, so that we cannot tiptoe. You don't have to tiptoe around. Okay, what are are there any Easter eggs or is there something there? We want to make sure that you know this is the package that you're getting, and that's it. Sometimes in the delivery, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm only talking about you know by myself. I cannot you know speak on behalf of all Dutch names. Sometimes in the delivery, some people can be perceived as Texas Chainsaw Massacre butcher, where they 
butcher people, right? And again, I'm not speaking on behalf of all the Dutch people. I know this because I am Dutch myself and I've done this as well in the past. Yes, I am also human. But there's so much more that we can learn from each other when you look into each other's culture. Sorry to mm. stop you, David. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a really good point. It's yeah. a perception and assumption yeah. that many people have. And that's also what I, I came with that, okay, when I come to this country, this is what I hear yeah. and I read about you know, this directness. Also that compared to other cultures, Dutch people are what, what I guess we call like coconut cultures versus mm. there are two types of cultures, peach and coconut cultures. Mm. And peach <laughs> cultures are soft on the outside. Yeah. Like US Americans soft on the outside, but it's harder to get, uh, once you get to that pit, mm-hmm. it's harder to build a real relationship. Whereas Dutch people yeah. are coconut cultures. It's hard mm-hmm. on the outside, but once you break through, yeah. They can you can actually form a deep relationship. So coming in, I was like, okay, um, you know, Dutch people might not be the most friendly people. Uh, they they could be perceived as rude. But mm-hmm. when I came, I again that uh, bias was um, eliminated. You could say because I met people as people, um, and I got to know them, their stories, and. Uh, like it wasn't all that bad at all. I, I learned what directness really is. It's more about being honest. Mm-hmm. And you, you can be honest and polite at the same time. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was my, you could say, unconscious bias coming to this country. Yeah, I see a reaction from Anna. And Anna is sharing, thank you for this beautiful discussion, Nicoletta, Vivian, and David. And so many things resonate with my story. To add to the culture map, which I recommend to everyone moving into the new culture context, and also everybody who is here working with different people, um, you can now compare more than 50 countries directly on their eight dimensions there. So that's something very valuable. Thank you, Anna, for for sharing this uh, as well. And um, you have been, you've both been here for a while. What is the advice that you would like to give others who would like to work abroad? David. The advice is, well, I mean, there's more practical advice on, Mm -hmm. there's so much information out there on the internet, what I did was I, well, it was a very spontaneous decision. So mm-hmm. you might not follow me, but I also did quite a bit of research. I read blogs, went on Reddit, watched YouTube videos. I also reached out to a few people as well. So the internet nowadays, you know, talking about connection, <laughs> we're all connected. Yeah, are you, are you pointing out my, my story of 20 years ago when the internet wasn't that fast? <laughs> Maybe. Well, yeah, making the connection. But now we, we, um, you know, th- there's so much available to us right now. True. Um, at the same time, for me, it's been one of the most transformative experiences, mm-hmm. educational experiences in terms of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talk, we, we talked about, you know, cultural exchange, yeah. learning more about yourself, learning more about others. And my advice would be to take the leap. If yeah. it feels right, um, you know, take the leap. I don't think you'll regret it. Yeah. I, I love what you shared. And also what I would like to add on it. If you're not sure yet, maybe spend a holiday, you know, 
a few weeks in the Netherlands, get a vibe, get a sense of what's happening here, at least talk to a few people who have uh, done the leap before you are going to do it so that you get a sense of is this the right place, the right time? And also look into the housing market because uh, Amsterdam, the Netherlands, the, do we do have a, a challenging housing market where the prices of renting is high. So do investigate in that when you want to come here or want to work for an employer. Uh, definitely when you, um, when you come from abroad, there are some expat advantages that you have that our best benefit could be beneficial for you. Yeah. Nicoletta. Yeah, for me, it would be that if you feel at all called to mm -hmm. do it, mm -hmm. if there's something in there and you feel, okay, I really want to do it, but you're scared. And especially it's one thing to go when you're 18. It's another to go at 35 with yeah. a, I don't know, a husband and a kid behind you and a family at home. It's different, but if you feel that calling, consider it. Yeah. And if fear is the only thing keeping you back, really consider if you give in to the fear. Because, yes, it's difficult to sort out the logistics and figure everything out. And it's taxing. You need to adapt to a new culture, a new way of living, everything. But also staying at home is difficult in its mm -hmm. own way. Like, whatever you do, it's difficult. Life will be difficult wherever you are. But if you want to experience this, here's what you could get from it. It's a great learning experience. It mm -hmm. shapes your character. It shows you who you are and what you can really do. It helps you discover who you are. And the more you know yourself, the clearer you are in your decisions and your choices. It helps you develop your resilience. It shows you that you can be strong and that you are there's no better proof than having done it and that really brings up your self-esteem yeah. you can learn that you can count on yourself and it's such a gift i think the more the more you do that the more you learn to empathize the more you learn how to listen based on what david uh, david's boss complimented him on it's one of the biggest skills in the future workplace by the way it really helps you develop so many skills, hard and soft skills that you can take into your life and in your career. And if you do it, like give yourself like a year at least before giving up, because the more you immerse yourself, the more you have the chance to discover all these things. Yeah. It has so many gifts and yes, it comes with difficulties, but looking back, I, I at least for my, for my, own experience, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, you're making me overthink. I, I'm dealing with a partner that is not ready to travel abroad, even to live abroad. Traveling, he's okay. Living, it's another thing. But also know that when you come here in the Netherlands, right, make the connection or wherever you go abroad within Europe, make the connection with other people, like-minded people, so that you don't embark this journey alone, right? You're moving away from your family. You're moving away from your friends. And this journey might be feeling alone, but then again, you don't have to embark these challenges on your own. There are so many communities here in the Netherlands and also within Europe. There are so many communities out there that would definitely embrace you. You just have to find them, reach out, 
is there a community what 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 are people doing in the weekend also different age brackets right because i'm not clubbing i'm more of a sip and you know drink my coffee and tea kind of girl in the, in the weekend so there are different different occasions different events for different people that are thriving here in the netherlands so find find your tribe or create your tribe that's what i would say and i don't know who it is i'm gonna look it up on linkedin though but uh, I, i'm definitely uh, yeah i really appreciate that you are commenting this because this is what i'm doing you are one of the reasons why i'm you know, having these conversations sometimes we don't address these topics which are necessary for us to address right um, David and Nicoletta talked about knowing yourself, talked about the cultures, talked about what it, you know, the culture shock that they had, but also, uh, also not, you know, not making the mistake of missing out on the dessert, right? Because that could be also very valuable or, or perceiving Dutch people as rude. Some people are rude. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna banish them. I'm not gonna dismiss them, but Sometimes our rudeness, our directness um, can be perceived in a different way, So, right? So try to look at things from a different perspective and empathize with other people. Empathize with, okay, I understand that you come from a different culture, but also try to understand the other side of the table as well. And coming to the last question, Nicoletta, what is your wish for 2030 to humanize the workplace and DEI? Yeah, a big one to end on. Um, mm -hmm. What I think we can all use more of, and we have it, but mm -hmm. I think we can have even more of it, is more understanding, more empathy, more collaboration. One of the favorite phrases that stayed with me, um, I don't know where I heard it or read it, but it was from Brene Brown, so it might have been mm -hmm. anywhere. Uh, was that when you don't understand someone or when you when you feel disconnected or you have a conflict with someone, like get up close because it's really difficult to hate someone up close, mm. even if you're fundamentally mm. different. Because yeah. you get to know them, you get to see their people, you get to see their motivations and where mm -hmm. they're coming from. And I think we all have examples of uh, colleagues that we work easier with or not, Uh, mm -hmm. Or maybe that we don't know so well and we might mm -hmm. jump to conclusions as to why they're doing things or maybe assume that they're doing it for reasons that are not actually the, the real reasons. And we can simply reach out and get a little bit closer and get get to know them a little bit more and then make that call. So that's yeah. what I really wish for all of us, that we give each other the benefit of the doubt a little bit more because we all have it hard one way yeah. or another. We're all trying to do our best with what we know at this point in time. We're all trying to do that. And we might not see it, obviously, because they're different perspectives. But if we try to understand or we reach out, uh, we have a better chance of, yeah, you know, enjoying, yeah. <laughs> enjoying life, working better together. So that would be my biggest hope for all of us understand each other a little bit better and i love that just press pause on judgment for a little bit check in first i love that what you shared as well and also getting to know each other right um sometimes we have these assumptions and 
these assumptions can be dismissed when you are curious, right? Whatever question that you might have, please ask them from a curious place and also share your intentions because by not sharing your intentions, sometimes somebody else can perceive it in a in a harmful way. So share your intentions. I really want to get to know you. Uh, what is your favorite food, for instance, uh, where you come from, right? So that you can get to know people instead of asking the question, where are you really from? Because that question is so old. It's so old, people. It's so old. David, what about you? Yeah, yeah I can also, of course, resonate with that. Uh, when we were talking about travel, what came up to mm -hmm. mind was, uh, maybe think back to another book that I read, Sapiens, and how... Mm. If we look at the history of humankind, it's been one yeah. of immigration of people yeah. moving around the world, cross-pollinating, and how we evolved as a human race was through this cross-pollination of people, communities, ideas. Mm -hmm. And I think now, if we are to evolve to 2030 and beyond, it's going to be this continuation of, well, cross-pollination of ideas, people, background, experiences. Yeah. Now, how we do that... I think goes back to what you and Nicoletta said, and that's human connection. Yeah. It's getting to know each other. While there's so much talk about AI technology, <laughs> yeah. we have to go back to us. We've evolved through millions of years, and we're not going to change that in the next 10 years. It goes back to human connection. And how we humanize the workplace is by getting to know ourselves, getting to know others, and... Uh, empathy yeah i love that i love this conversation was everything that i needed to re-energize myself but also um the fact that empathy obama talked about the empathy deficit a, a, a few years ago and i still believe that that is the case the moment that we upgrade our empathy level where we learn from the other person on the other side of the table or we learn to have that different perspective. So definitely love that. I see two comments coming in. So let me uh, share them and then I'm going to end the show. So Dr. Marie is sharing. When I went to Paris for my internship, my thesis supervisor told me, go observe people and do as they do. She was trying to tell me, try to observe the foreign culture with empathy. And it really helped me. And this is a very valuable tip. Thank you, Dr. Marie. And also Anna is sharing... This quote summarizes your discussion beautifully. Live abroad if you can. Understand cultures other than your own. And as your understanding of other culture increases, your understanding of yourself and your own culture will increase exponentially. Thank you, Anna, for sharing this. This is a, a, a huge summarization. Thank you. I enjoyed the show. It went by so fast. But thank you for talking about celebrating what makes you different right two different people i know that you both live in the netherlands and you haven't well you didn't meet each other you know last year end of last year and beginning of this year you have met each other heard of each other and now you are in a conversation with each other right so i hope that this journey continues so that you reach out to each other but also to all the listeners those who are watching the the replay as well uh, thank you all for watching or listening to this uh, this episode. Please connect with the with the guest speakers as well. Connect with myself as well, and learn more about wh what it means to humanize the workplace. Until next time, bye everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye.